What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Sean and I have a Monday rundown for you here, and we jumped right in, talked a little NFL news first. Following that, we talked NBA, especially the Knicks. After that, we broke down last week's PGA tournament and previewed the players coming up this week. And then finally, we capped it off with a little college basketball talk. We are in March. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod, and we'll be talking to you soon. Everybody and welcome into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. It is episode 285. It is a Monday rundown after a full weekend of sports. And Tom, I just got to ask you, man. I mean, we're going to talk 20 and Nick, but how giddy are you still feeling? Have you come down from the euphoria? Are you still there? Like, how are we feeling? Oh, what a game. The Knicks were really, really trying towards the end of that game to give it away, wasting those timeouts. Randall just doing what Randall does, but they ended up sneaking away with it. What a win. What a way to go into Boston and double overtime and beat them pretty much full strength minus like Brogdon and Robert Williams without by far your best player, Jalen Brunson. I'm just, I'm over the moon. Well, don't don't completely let it all out now. But I had to ask before we got started because I, when you tweet out from our official Twitter account, I know you're feeling a certain kind of way. So oh. I'm happy for you. But let's start with the news that is the only reason that we're not leading with the Knicks today, and it's that the Saints and potential Jet target Derek Carr agreed on a four-year, 150 million dollar contract this morning, uh, with 100 million of that 150 being fully guaranteed. And, Tom, he's the first QB domino to fall. It sounded like the Jets were his preferred destination, but with the Jets seemingly waiting for Aaron Aaron Rodgers' resolution at some point, he kind of got sick of it, and the Saints were right up there with the Panthers, um, other potential landing spots. So he does go to the Big Easy. What do you think of this move? I like it for the Panthers. I didn't want – Saints, you mean – Oh, excuse me. I like it for the Saints. Sorry, you said Panthers, and I just had them on my brain for some reason. Um, I like it for the Saints, and I didn't want him for the Jets, but you said something very interesting there where you said the Jets are waiting on Rodgers. And the only thing that concerns me is it would be so Jets to play this quarterback musical chairs and then at the 11th hour Aaron Rodgers decide to go back to Green Bay and then we're ended, we're, we end up with um, either, you know, Jameis Winston or Carson Wentz or Zach Wilson or Mike White as our quarterback because we got cocktees by Aaron Rodgers and the guy, I mean, the guy is sitting in the dark for a week straight. Yeah, that that was my obviously initial reaction to this because I don't give a shit about the Saints. Hey, they upgraded at the position. I kind of applaud them for it because they're like 55 million over the cap. They have a lot of maneuvering to do, but yeah, they look at that division and it's super winnable. So go for it. You got Derek Carr. For me, man, for the Jets perspective, it now has to be Rodgers or bust because they had Derek Carr in their building twice. And they and as recently as last week at the Combine, Joe Douglas mentioned how great of a meeting it was with him. And then the report came out, I forget from whom, saying that they totally believe that they could win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. So I, it just has to be Aaron Rodgers or Bucks. It's right? got to be because 
I mean, and I, I, you had mentioned that on the last pod, and I just not that to say that I rolled my eyes as if I thought you were you were over exaggerating or whatever, but I think that I thought the Jets were over exaggerating in order to keep um, Derek Carr batting his eyelashes at him and hold out, and then they were going to screw him over and pull the rug out from under him at the last second with Rodgers. But I, I think that's the only thing. Carr Carr got some guaranteed cash thrown on the table, and he was like, "I'm done with it." If Rodgers says no, I, I, like I'm not, you know, I, I'm your I'm your your side piece. So yeah, I, I think he saw the opportunity and he took it. And, and just for me, I didn't want Derek Carr. And I keep telling anybody that will ask this, I didn't want Derek Carr. He's a stopgap. He's not going to win a Super Bowl. He might not even win you a playoff game. Um, so I'm fine with the Jets not getting Carr. Now I'm just super nervous. Is all. I think that's the appropriate concern. Uh, I do find it funny with Jet fans, um, yourself included, where. A team that hasn't been to the Super Bowl in or to the Super Bowl. Well, I guess that in 50 years and then the uh, the playoffs, let alone in 12 years are saying, well, I don't know if you can win me a playoff game or a Super Bowl. I just find that kind of comical. Yeah. OK, um, that's fine. You <laughs> could take your shots at the Jets fans coming off your playoff win. I get that. But but also look at it from uh, an intelligent fans perspective and a realistic fans perspective. We don't want to waste it. I'm all in on Rodgers. I don't want to waste all this rookie talent that we have, and I just feel like Derek Carr would be a stopgap. We'd make the playoffs a couple times and win nothing, and win nothing, and then by the time, you know, Carr runs out and whatever, all these guys are either going to cost money or be gone, and then we're going to look at it and be like, what was that for? Well, the reason I laugh is because at least just get to the playoffs first because you haven't done that. So, so just get there first and get a quarterback that can take you there. Because even in all the glory that, but Sean, can Derek Carr, like, is Derek Carr, especially in this division, a guaranteed even going to take us to the playoffs? You, you saw what he did the last couple of seasons, and I know that shit wasn't easy for him in in Vegas as well as Oakland with, you know, Gruden and whatnot. But I mean. He had a lot of weapons, and he didn't do jack shit. And I think he's made the playoffs off the top of my head, what, once or twice in his career? Once. Yeah, with, mm-hmm. and Connor Cook started for him because he got hurt, right? Uh, which well, is no fault of his own. He made it last year and lost to Cincinnati. Yeah, so he's made it twice in his career. In, right, yeah. You know. He's played in one playoff game, yeah. So for me, it's like if we were talking, I, I don't know, it's just like uh, – you go back and forth because then you can kind of talk yourself into Matt Stafford where it's like Matt Stafford never won anything or and then he went and won a Super Bowl, but I just don't think they're in the same tier. Uh, Matt Stafford put up great numbers on a shit team for his entire career. Um, I, I just I don't I don't even if if he's not even if he's not even a lock, stock, and barrel guarantee to get me to the playoffs, I don't want to spend that kind of money on him. Well, it, it again, for me, it's only looking at it from a perspective of you haven't found anybody, even with Fitzpatrick, you didn't get there. So it's like you, you need somebody to get there. And I understand he's had his shortcomings, although I did find out some pretty interesting things when I was when I was looking into Derek Carr, because I've always thought he's a pretty decent quarterback and maybe got the shit end of a stick. He has had the worst defense of any team in the last couple of years um for sure and then also is yeah he's had weapons but he hasn't had a good offensive line and he's had some very bad coaching um don't get me wrong i know i know they fucked a million things up there in oakland slash las vegas he was behind every year he was he was behind the eight ball 
uh, basically playing with one arm behind his back. But still, I mean, he's only made the – how long has he been in the league and he's only made the playoffs twice? That doesn't get me too excited. I know Oakland sucks, and how many first-round draft picks have they cut in their rookie deal or gone unsigned or – you know, gone to jail or whatever. I understand that, but still, I I, I want to see the guy have at least a little bit of a proven record. And I know I'm saying this as if my team has done anything, but I think the Jets are truly one of the most talented rosters in the league. And and even in the Fitz days, we weren't in that position, even close. Well, that's why th- he was a guy that you could look at and and try to. And try to talk yourself into. And again, the quarterback position, everybody listening, it's so subjective. There's people who are listening to us talk about this and debate this right now, saying that I'm a complete idiot and I have no idea and I've never watched a Raiders game in my life. And they, there's people who are talking, thinking about you and you're like, saying hey, he the makes same a great thing. Point. The Jet, yeah, or saying, you know what? Yeah, he makes a great point. The Jets are totally ready to win and, you know, he's never, he's never proven anything. So why do we have to worry about it? It's just... I think he's a better option than pretty much everybody out there outside of the guy that yep. is Aaron Rodgers. And if you well, don't get Aaron Rodgers, you're now in Jimmy Garoppolo territory. Yep. And you're going to have to talk yourself into him because even though he's had far more success than Derek Carr, he's I think we can all agree team. he's been in the best situation to do 100%. so. 100%. I completely agree. For me, since the rumor started, which seemed to be, I'd say, the second to last week of the regular season last year, I've been quietly, and now I'm just going to come out and say it. It's Rodgers or bust for me. I'm going to be very disappointed if Aaron Rodgers isn't on our team this year. And I'm, I'm setting myself up for heartbreak. I haven't really said it much on the pod, but in my head, it has been Rodgers or bust since the rumors really started to get traction and get real. Well, I'm glad you're being transparent because now it is real. And, and by the way, I only am talking up Derek Carr as much as I am because the Jets did, and they did it publicly and let that report surface saying that they believed he was the kind of guy that could carry them to a Super Bowl. So I'm not making that up. The Jets put it out there into the ether. So uh, they better get Rodgers. Derek Carr is like (laughs) – I'll go for an analogy here. Derek Carr is like (laughs) – you're going away to college, and Derek Carr is like your high school sweetheart that is so cute – that you know you'd have a happy marriage with and whatever, but you know, you guys went to different colleges and then there's this absolute 10 girl that you're just like, ah, she's way out of my league, whatever, but she's batting her eyes at you, but you know it's not going to end well and she's a complete lunatic and you're going to fuck up a really good thing with Derek Carr, aka your high school sweetheart for it, but you're going to do it. Because she's a fucking ten, and it's Aaron Rodgers, and he's a soup, and he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, and and that's my analogy. I would say it's the girl that you went on a date or two with. That's Derek Carr, because it's not like Derek Carr you've been married to. He he has not been a Jet. You don't have a high True. school sweetheart. Your high school sweetheart is Zach Wilson, who you can't wait to go to college. But you know what I'm saying. Dump them. But I know what you're saying. Um. Aaron Rodgers is obviously the dream girl in this situation yeah. and you better get him because now the, I don't know, you can look at it from a couple of different ways. Let's just say Aaron Rodgers says, yes, I want to keep playing and, and I don't want it to be in green Bay and the Packers are ready to move on. If it's true that they're not going to trade him into the NFC, there's really not a lot of teams that are going to be vying for his services because his timeline doesn't really match up with a lot of teams. That's why the Jets are there. But I guess my question to you now is, has the 
hypothetical price tag just gone up because one of the you know they know that the Jets aren't getting Derek Carr and they their fallback plan now. Well, I think is, that's is another thing less. is that the Jets were trying to keep the price tag down, just like you're doing with a draft pick, like the Bears are probably doing right now with the number one overall pick, where they're saying you know we're, we we love all these quarterbacks and whatever. Um, the Jets were trying to do the same thing, but I mean, like you said, it's one of those things where if there's not that many suitors, it's just going to be a game of chicken. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I hope it doesn't cost too much and mortgage our entire future, but I am all in on Aaron Rodgers. What is too much for you? Like what's the price tag that you would see and be like, Oh shit. We gave up that much. An oh shit price tag is more than two first round draft picks and whatever else comes along with that. I'd prefer it to be one first round draft pick because a lot of people are floating out there that given the way Aaron Rodgers is he got the got the Packers pretty much hamstrung and whatnot, it might not even cost a first rounder. I think it's gonna cost at least one, but more than two, I'd probably fall out of my chair for a rental. Yeah, I don't think it's going to cost nearly as much as it should with him, just again because of the unique circumstance he's in. And it doesn't sound like the Raiders, although that was a team that could, because you got Devontae there and everything, doesn't sound like McDaniels has any interest in in, in going for him. So that's another potential uh, destination gone. And if it is only AFC, seriously, man, what other team than the Jets makes sense? I guess maybe Tennessee, but now they're talking about possibly shipping – or uh, shopping, rather, uh, Derrick Henry. Like, there's there's not a lot of landing spots for him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, is that there's just really no other teams, especially if Tennessee goes into a full rebuild. And if you can't think of any other teams in the in the AFC, neither can I. The only question is, is, is are the Packers going to be that bitter to the point where they won't trade him within their league, or will they be the smart team and, and create a bidding war for him. And, and if an NFC team offers the best deal, will they send him there? Well, let's talk NFC. I mean, let's just go up and down the line in the East. I mean, obviously Washington would want it, but I don't think he wants Washington. The giants seem like they're committed to Daniel Jones. Um, obviously Philly has hurts. Dallas has Prescott. I mean, Tampa, they're they're going to have to tear it down. They can't afford him, and that team's not any good. Tampa's done for a while. Yeah, Car- Carolina, is, they're going to draft a quarterback. New Orleans just got Carr. Atlanta, they I don't think that's a team that Rodgers has any interest in. The West, it looks like Seattle's got Geno. We know what the 49ers, they're not going to trade him to the 49ers because that's a team that could knock them off. So, I mean, I'm just thinking, obviously, they're not going to trade him to a North team either. So, I don't know, man. As far as I'm thinking about right now, there's really not many destinations. The only dark horse team I feel like there would be is Chicago if they can get a lot of draft capital for the number one overall pick. To the Bears, they're not going to trade to the Bears. I know that's that's the only thing that would be like the ultimate fuck you if you could figure out his way there. Like Favre Favre wanted to, yeah, Favre wanted to go to the Vikings, and they said. Absolutely not. Even though they had Rodgers and they had a, they were just in the NFC championship game. So they were not going to trade him to a team that could potentially knock them out. If they think Jordan Love is going to be good and that team can compete, that division is kind of open. We know that Minnesota was kind of fugazi this year. Chicago's drafting first. Detroit was a fun story. Can they, can they duplicate it? I don't know, man. It's it's going to be really interesting. That's why I still think retirement's on the table. He might look at the possible scenarios of either staying in Green Bay or Jets or 
one or two of the other teams that I mentioned and just be like, yeah, fuck it. I don't really want to go to any of those teams. Well, that's the only thing is that we haven't really gotten a full answer on whether or not Rodgers is interested in the Jets. No, I mean, it's been all speculative. Which is unbelievable that the Jets are playing with this much fire, but I'm just going to I'm just gonna jump right into the deep end. I'm not dipping my toe in. <laughs> well, it's good, and, and it, tough, it puts you in a tough spot as a fan because if you got the news today that they signed Derek Carr and it came out that Aaron Rodgers was very much interested in the Jets but they didn't want to wait, uh, that would suck. Right, but then obviously it's like, well, it, well, now the shoes on the chance. other foot. Yep, and this guy clearly isn't the most. I mean, it's not like he's a bad guy or has done anything bad, but like decision making wise for the business of the NFL, he's not the most level headed guy. He's got a lot of Kyrie in him. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, he hasn't said as many controversial things as Kyrie, um, and he's never completely sabotage his team yet like he's always played but it's getting there well it's gotten there it, 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 right now we are completely to use your phrase shit or get off the pot time because the last two years when two years ago on draft day he sent out the trade request they didn't oblige last year we went through some of this song and dance and they didn't do it and they gave him that two-year extension but now, Tom, those last two years, he came off MVPs, and they were in. They were a playoff team. They were not a playoff team, and he was not MVP this year. And they're in year three of Jordan Love, which is the year they have to see if this is a guy. Actually, year four, right? He was drafted in 2020, so 21, 20, 21, 22. He's been in the league three years. They have no, no answer about him. Yeah, the only uh, saving grace or guiding light is that no matter what he does, he plays on Sundays and he has not shown any indication that he's going to sit out if he still loves football, which I still think he does. And that's, I'm, I'm just trying to talk myself into it, Sean. That's all I'm trying you to have do. To. You have to, I'd be doing the same thing. All right. Gun to your head right now. Is Aaron Rodgers a jet in the next couple of weeks? Yes. Awesome. What do you think? Give me your opinion. Uh, I think yes. Ah, uh, I think, okay. he, I think he still wants to play. I think that this is a perfect spot for him. I think the Jets are all in. I think Woody is all in. And for better or worse, that's eventually that's that's what got the Brett Favre trade done. And you know, just for revisionist history for people who look at that trade as a complete disaster, they were nine and four and they were going to win that division before Favre got hurt and he didn't tell anybody and his season kind of tapered off. But for the first half of that year, they were a really good team. I mean, for, you get Aaron Rodgers, I, I will then raise those expectations. You better be you better be heading into a divisional round playoff game. No doubt about it, especially with the talent on the team. Enough of that. I'm getting too excited over nothing, and I'm already on a high uh, from the Knicks yesterday. Let's lead right into it. Double overtime win uh, against the Celtics in Boston. I already mentioned it. The Knicks were shorthanded, missing their best player. I'm I'm just going to say it. Brogdon and Robert Williams were out. Nonetheless, the Celtics have survived a lot of the year without Robert Williams, and Brogdon has been in and out of the lineup. So I'm going to say the Celtics were at about 90% strength. The Knicks were well below that, and they go in and just, I mean, they they punched the Celtics in the mouth a couple of times, and the Celtics came back. They had a couple of their own runs, but the Knicks held them off with just incredible play from pretty much 
Tibbs, Tibbs' hand was forced to play R.J. Barrett. Amazing play from him. Quickly had the game of his life. Randall did his thing. Hart was just a dog on defense all day, and Mitchell Robinson was grabbing offensive rebounds like there was no tomorrow. Whew. I can feel the intensity from states and thousands of miles away. Um, I got to tell you, man, I'm going to splash some cold water in, in about five minutes. So let's just enjoy this. That's what I'm trying to do, but let's just enjoy this. But I am going to splash a little cold water for the delusional Knicks fans out there. Well, you know, those, those fans exist. And I think it's again, as, as not a fan of the Knicks, but as somebody who totally understands what it's like to, you know, uh, the Knicks are the, the city's team. That is, that is a hundred percent obvious. And when the Knicks are good, they're, your your fan base is just so starved for good basketball and something that, that you can take pride in. And this team reminds me a lot. I don't want to even talk about the team two years ago because that team, as we've talked about at nauseum, Spugazi. did it with smoke and mirrors in a very, very strange circumstance. This is the best team that you've had since that 2013 season when you won 54 games and, and went to the game six of the second round against Indiana. Although I would say this team's more fun because – it has the persona of those 90s Knicks teams. You mentioned Josh Hart. He is, you are undefeated with him. That's not a mistake. You have Jalen Brunson, who is an absolute stud. Another reason why the casual fans do not understand NBA contracts. And when anybody questioned, was that too much money? I'm like, you mean the going rate for a non-superstar, really top-end point guard? Yeah, that's the going rate. Um, well, you mentioned Robinson. I just want to give quickly the shout out that he deserves. He played 55 minutes. He could have played another 55 minutes. Dude wasn't even sweating at the end of the game. He put up 38 in every single time. I take back. Remember that time that I, I already apologized for shitting on him because I didn't look at the numbers enough and didn't do my homework. I take it back 10 times over. Uh, I wouldn't trade him for the world right now. And he's got to be one of the top three players for six man of the year. He's amazing. And he's a dog on defense too. He is. No, this this was an incredible win last night. Um, the the Knicks just gave the Celtics too much. The Celtics did not make any adjustments, and I would be concerned about that running into the playoffs. But we're talking about the Knicks here. I think R.J. Barrett, with Brunson being out, has proven that he needs to get a little bit more run in crunch time. He's making the right decisions. Um, and this Josh Hart trade was just... I mean, the box score doesn't reflect it. He only had 10 points. But regardless, he just made the right play every single time and made the shots when they needed to. Well, that's who he is. That's why we both said on this podcast a month ago when they made the trade for him, it was a perfect trade. Um, He is the perfect glue guy because he knows his role so well. Um, It was one of the best regular season games I've watched in a while. And, Tom, a week ago, the Knicks were going into a stretch of games where I'm just going to say it, the season was going to kind of be defined. Now, obviously, their work's not done, but they they killed the Celtics at MSG last week. I know Jalen Brown didn't play, but you, you snatched their souls. Jason Tatum got tossed. Brunson absolutely killed them. Then two nights later, they you absolutely murdered my team, a, a team that has obviously, with Durant and Irving just tortured you. Uh, you've now tortured us two times in a row. You go to Miami, a team you need to beat. Julius Randle hits the game-winning three on one of those classic, please God, no, please God, no. Holy shit, it went in. And yep. then you do this in double overtime in Boston. I mean, this has been an, a run of – I'm just going to 
Dude, it's not even a question now. The Knicks are legitimately good. Oh, yeah. No, they are, and I think that they could, in a one-game series, they could beat any team in the league. Um, and then uh, from the Celtics' perspective, I think we should talk about them just because they are a supposedly— Can I make one more Knicks point real fast? Go ahead. Okay, so this is this is the comparison I got from watching. I watched a lot of Knicks this past week. They remind me a lot— of this version of the Miami Heat. I'm not saying the Heat that are struggling to stay in the seventh seed this year. I'm saying the team that went to the bubble and lost to the Lakers and the team that lost in the Eastern Conference Final to Boston last year. You don't have Jimmy Butler, but Randall and Brunson, you guys just play. It is a dogfight every single night. And you have this cast of characters that could all make a big shot and are not scared and do not have any issues with the moment. So, I mean, I'm watching them. I'm like, they just grinded the Celtics out. It reminded me so much of watching that seven game series last year between the Celtics and Heat. I love that comp. Just a team that's never going to die and, and pretty much makes the right play every single time, excluding, I'd say, Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett every once in a while. But, but um, Randle last night, let's be honest, if Brunson's in that game, he's not in the position to turn the ball over those few times. No, he's not. And I'm going to make a few points that are going to upset Knicks fans later. Some of them, the delusional ones that I've been seeing on the internet and whatnot, but... Let's enjoy the win for a few more minutes. It was an incredible game. They are on an amazing stretch. From a Celtics perspective, I'm I'm a bit concerned because this team is supposed to be the best team in the East and the team that's supposed to go to the finals. Um, really no adjustments made. Um, Tatum, I know the numbers were there, but he just looked sloppy and he didn't make any adjustments. Um, and then... I mean, it's just smart just isn't the player he was last year. And I texted you, and I know he hit two big threes after I said that, so I felt like I jinxed myself. But in my opinion, let him fucking shoot all night. Keep Derek White on the bench, who's having a great year, and let him take the ball out of Tatum, who's obviously still one of the best players in the league, and Brown's hand, and let him shoot all night. And don't let Horford shoot. For God's sake, the ball goes in every time he (laughs) shoots it. But this team is... They're at a crossroads right now, and they need to figure it the fuck out and make some adjustments big time. Yeah, I'm glad that we're talking Celtics because it's the flip side of the coin. The Knicks deserve that win. They've had the Celtics number. And you know what, Sean? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I want to get this point out there. I think the reason why we're praising the Knicks and and booing the Celtics right now, that Celtics are a much more talented and a better team on paper than the Knicks. The Knicks know who they are right now, and they do for the rest of the season. The Celtics have no idea who they are right now. Glad you cut me off for that, because that was perfectly said. Um, You know, it's not a fluke. Now, I will... I'll wait till you splash the cold water on it, because maybe you have the same point as I was just going to make. But as going back to the Celtics, I watched, and I don't know why, I watched the entirety of them play my Nets on Friday night. And, Tom, they were up 28 points. That's, a, that's an awesome Friday night. <laughs> One for the record books. <laughs> I, I was waiting for Frenchie to come on, <laughs> and he never made it. Yeah. Um, but I watched that game, and I was like, all right. I mean, you know, just the Celtics have owned the Nets for the better part of the last two years. And I was thinking, okay, well, here it is again. They're, they're home. How does it feel watching all these players that could have been Nets, by the way? What do you mean? Tatum and Brown? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't even think about that. I'm sorry. I had to say I, something mean after you after you shit on my Jets, who've sucked forever. <laughs> um, 
Well, no, it's just it's just funny with fan bases, right? They all do that. It's just like you've had no success, and all of a sudden you're like, well. I need to of make course. it. So I don't think you can win us a championship. All I'm fan like, bases, <laughs> all fan bases are like us as golfers, where I go yeah. out there and you I'm like, been to the playoffs in seven years. Yeah, it's the same as like a, a fucking weekend golfer, where I'm just like, yeah, uh, you know, I say like my seven iron. Oh, I hit my seven iron two hundred. It's like you hit your seven iron in a in a win that was at your back two hundred yards once, and you think that, <laughs> and you think that you're fucking Rory. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's it's just those funny, especially the star franchises. Pure delusion. Like, yeah, they have no idea what it's like to even just be perpetually getting there. So when, then you could say it. But going back to that game, I'm like, okay, they're killing the Nets. This game's completely over. Like, fuck it. And I turned away from it. Um, and I, I checked on my phone. I was like, they cut it to nine at the half? What the fuck? And then they went, they won going away. They won by like 11. And the thing was, is I obviously watched the second half. Tom, they couldn't stop Bridges. They couldn't stop Johnson. They couldn't stop Finney Smith. Dinwiddie was taking it to the cup every time over Smart. And I was thinking, they can't defend teams who shoot mid-range shots. Like, at all. They're they're they look so complacent and so like steadfast in their approach as if they were still up twenty. And the Nets just played fucking harder than them. And then watching the game last night, I'm like, the Knicks, even when the Celtics went on their runs, and, and I'll be honest, I thought the Celtics were gonna win at the end of regulation and of at course. the end of overtime. But I was like, the Knicks are just trying harder. And they look like they know what the hell they're doing. The Nets looked like the hell they like what the hell they knew they were doing. Uh, the Celtics didn't. <laughs> that's that's the main. The Celtics just do not make adjustments, and that is their 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 issue. Period. Point blank. If if they come out like world beaters and they they hold a twenty point lead for the entire game, they're going to look like the best team in the NBA. But once they get punched in the mouth, they they do not know how to get up from it at all. They don't know how to make any adjustments. And I'm not just complaining about the fact that uh, Missoula left the the. Um, regulation time with like two timeouts in his pocket has nothing to do with that it has to do with every single play where it's just like oh you guys are going to do the same thing that didn't work the last 10 times in a row okay fine do it i love it yeah i mean you said it about smart i mean he's always been that guy as you know the last couple playoff series you know that the nets faced them he was the ultimate like yeah please make your first one or two because you're going to just keep chucking them if you think that they're all going in and i don't know what happened last year in the second half when the Celtics went on that run, but he wasn't that player. He was more of like a true I mean, obviously the defense is always there for him, especially when he's healthy. He's one of, he's probably I mean, he's the first guard to win defensive player of the year since Gary Payton. Clearly on that side of the court, we don't worry about him. But from an offensive perspective, un- excluding the second half of last season and and the playoffs last year, this is who he is where he's just he makes plays that just make you want to smack your forehead. But I don't know what came over him last year where he turned into a true point guard and why he can't do that again this year. Well, you've also seen it where it looked like their offense was so much more collected last year. They've looked disjointed of late. And yeah, I think it's a whole lot of... like more at liberty to shoot some of these shots. It's, it's a whole lot of like... It's your turn, Brown. It's your turn. T- like this is your possession, which was like mm-hmm. earlier, younger Tatum and Brown Celtics things, and they're not playing together as much as they were last year and early on this season. I, I am seeing a lot of that. 
Yeah, they. I don't want to say they've reverted back to what that was, you know, as recently as two years ago, but it it, it is reverting back to that a little. It's a bad I stretch. Mean, and it's it might be the stretch. head coach because maybe he's he's a first year head coach. He's never even come close to it, and he was obviously thrust into this in a very weird and unfor- unseen unforeseen circumstance. And maybe he just maybe if Udoka was a head coach, he'd he would have nipped this in the bud like a week ago, being like, "What the fuck are you guys doing with this your turn, my turn thing? This isn't how we play offense on on the basketball court." No, and, and again, I mean. They've now earned the right to say, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you're just trying to get through this stretch. You were in the finals last year. But Milwaukee, you know, they look really, really good. And Philly I've been looks saying really, it. really good. You know who I got in the finals. As of, I think, on Phil's pod, I said it's going to be Clippers-Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, we got, I can't wait till we talk Clippers. But, yeah, I mean, the Bucks. They seem to have the recipe. Last year, maybe they were not as they weren't as urgent as they'd been in the past. But I think they're back this year, and they they if they have the one, Boston might be in serious trouble because Williams is now out for seven to ten days. Uh, he just can't stay on the court. You don't know what's going on with Brogdon. Um, I feel better about Milwaukee. I mean, how could you not? They they're what seventeen wins in a row six or prior to the loss in uh, yeah. in Philly. Yep, and and they have a uh, let's not call it one and a half game lead a stranglehold, but they've taken it over in uh, the the one seed, and I think that with Giannis on your team, you can hold on to that. Now, before we move on to the rest of the league, a little cold water splash. I just want to get it on on the record here. Um, this goes out to all the delusional Knicks fans and whatnot. Let's let's set our let's. Let's reset our expectations because I probably had the Knicks either in the play-in game or just avoiding it at the beginning of the year. Personally, I fully expect the Knicks to finish with the four seed at this point, Sean. I mean, if they keep winning, they have the Cavaliers one more time on March 31st. That game might really matter. Um, Oh, it will. It will matter. Their their schedule is, I mean, they went through really the tough part of their schedule. I, I you still got the Kings and the Clippers on there. Yeah, you still got to go out and, west and Denver. But then aside from that and the Cavs game, I mean, every other game I think should be won truly from watching the Knicks. But let's 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 talk about expectations here. I expect the Knicks to get the four seed, and I expect the Knicks to win a first round playoff series. This is not a this is not a finals team. This is not even an Eastern Conference finals team. You have to hamper your expectations because when Julius Randle is the second best player on your team, you are going to live and you are going to die by him. Just watch that game yesterday where Julius Randle still does not know how to recognize when a double is coming and pass out of it. And no, you, but again... Listen, I understand Brunson should have been in that position, but there's been too many times this year. Look at the play against Miami. That Julius Randle like dropped the ball, tripped, whatever, and then he shot this crazy step back that should not have gone in under any circumstances, but it did because that's the kind of 
second half that of the season that the Knicks are having. But for these fans, I just want to splash a little cold water. If Julius Randle is the second best player on your team, do please relax with the finals talk and all this shit. This team is not good enough to go to the finals. It's an amazing team. I am having so much fun. But let's let's not set ourselves up for evident and, you know, definite disappointment at the end of the season here. Because well, Randall is the most flawed star in the NBA that I have seen in a long time. Well, you got to live and go die by the sword that. with him. Yeah, to go off of that, I, I think for fans too, and, and all fans do it, uh, and I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't, but I think there is a disconnect with the casual fan of differentiating between regular season basketball and playoff basketball. They're two very different things. Of course, yeah. And I can I will go back to 2013 because both of our teams, the Knicks were the four seed, the Knicks were the 2 seed, the Nets were the 5 seed. The Nets swept the Heat 4-0 in the regular season and two of them were not close. The Knicks went 3 and 1 against the Heat that year. Two of those games were not close. And the Heat just dispatched of everybody. <laughs> that you, like, wow. they knew the long game. And, and even course. in some of those other, you see with Golden State, and, you know, they didn't. They don't give a shit if some of these teams beat them no. three or four times there's, in the regular season there's certain on the second things, half of a back-to-back. There's certain things that you can take from a team in the regular season and carry over into the playoffs, and then there's certain things that aren't, like, if the Knicks played the Celtics in a seven-game playoff series, the Celtics are going to beat the Knicks. Eventually, they are going to make adjustments and figure that out. I would be scared as a Celtics fan if I had to play the Knicks because the the Knicks are a matchup nightmare, but the Celtics have a better team on paper, and they are more talented, and they would beat the Knicks. There, but there, like, like I said, there is a few things that you can take away from Absolutely. the regular season, like what I'm saying and you're saying about the Celtics, where, yes, from for for from a Celtics fans perspective I would be concerned because they are supposed to be a title team and they are terrible at making adjustments and they fold like a cheap fucking lawn chair over the second half when they get punched in the face but from but a Knicks fan Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, from a Knicks fan's perspective, let's not go into the playoffs thinking we're going all the fucking way here because we beat the Celtics one game in double overtime and we had a nine-game winning streak. I mean, you got to face a team a minimum of four, but seven times if you think you're going to fucking beat them. Well, I mean, I can see where the Knicks fan, because you said the most important thing. You know, these are not happening in fluky ways. You know, sure, you, you you just beat them twice in the span of six days. One of those games, you blew them out and really frustrated Tatum. Now, Brown didn't play in that game, but I'll even it out. You didn't have Brunson last night, right? So it, it you do possess aspects of a game plan that the Celtics don't aren't particularly good against, right? You, they struggle with certain aspects that the Knicks are really, really good at. Um I think that they make the Celtics play a rock fight. I don't think the Celtics like having a rock fight. But overall, yeah, I mean, you're not you don't have the two best players in the series. The best players in order are Tatum, Brown, Brunson, and Randall. 
Now you might have. Well, you forgot about Quakely. The order is actually Quakely and then everybody else. Sure, 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 sure. What were you saying about the delusional Nick fans and not you? Um, (laughs) Isn't it funny how I go from being pure just delusion? Like you said, the Jets haven't made sniff the playoff since I was in you know the beginning of high school, and they haven't they haven't won a Super Bowl in 50 years yet. I'm like, oh, I don't want fucking Derek Carr. He's a bum. And then I turn around and I'm the voice of reason for the Knicks. <laughs> it really is funny, but that's like you've had more recent success, you know? Like I think Well, and the- also and also in the offseason you can dream a little bit. Where in the, I'm I'm more realistic cuz the Knicks are happening right now and I just I know if I go balls deep and say, "Oh, this is a title team," it's I, I'm just going to end if up pissed off. If you said that, I would have to question our our continued podcasting. Because I, I would, I would say, I, I would really need you drug tested, and I would really need a couple of things to make sure that we could continue to go on. If you legitimately, <laughs> truly, from the bottom of your heart, thought that you could win the NBA title, I, ha- I, I have to ask you this though: Do you think that my expectations from what I just laid out are realistic? Yes, because Cleveland has not played particularly great. I think you match up with Cleveland okay. Now, again, you won't have the best player in that series. And that's always when it comes to playoffs. We see it time and time again that the best players matter when you go forward. Because last year, think of how many people were still picking the Nets to beat the Celtics, even though the Nets were a complete shit show because they had Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving. But at that point last year, Tatum and Brown were a better duo than Durant and Irving. And I think – and and. Donovan Mitchell's the best player in that series. But again, they have the best, but I think then it goes Brunson, Randall, and then maybe Garland. I mean, maybe I'll put Garland ahead of Randall, but I'm not going to just absolutely put him ahead of the, of what Brunson's done. No, not at all. No, I, I, no, I think that you can expect, I would be disappointed if it was a series like it was with Atlanta a couple years ago. Where Atlanta oh, just kind of took, don't took even it to get you. me started. Yeah, no. But this team, this team is is different, man. It is. It's better. Period. Point blank across the board. One hundred percent. Well, you don't have Alfred Payton. You you replaced Alfred Payton with Jalen Brown. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that point guard makes a hell of a difference. And I think he's got quickly playing better too, just from osmosis. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned Barrett who. I think he's a little bit of a lightning rod with Nick fans. And, you know, I don't think he's anything special, but I think he's a good player. I'd like to see if he could put up one of those quarters or nights with Brunson in the lineup, because I think last night he, he felt the need to be a little more aggressive. knowing that I'm Brunson hoping wasn't out there. I'm hoping given all of the circumstances thrown into last night, Tibbs gives him the opportunity to do that. And if he squanders and Tibbs has to put him in timeout again, Understandable, but I'm going to be watching these games closely to see if Tibbs even gives him the chance. He played good defense last night. No, I mean, defense really isn't, uh, aside from missing a rotation or two, he's a very good individual defensive player. It's it's more the offensive decision-making that I think concerns Tibbs in the crunch time minutes. And I think that's ultimately, ultimately why you got Josh Hart, because you trust him more in those spots. A hundred percent. And and he's just such a just such a great team basketball player and he just does so many things that the Knicks needed I love him I just want to say congrats to both of us um ruining a Celtics weekend 
with the Nets coming back from down 28 and then you beating them in double overtime last night. Really enjoyed it. Yep. <laughs> no, that, it was a great weekend. Um, and the Red Sox suck. I just read an article about how they lost a possible ace because um, they didn't put him on their, their roster or whatever from Navy. I, I love it. Good. Let's keep it going. Um, although the Bruins, I know we don't talk hockey, but they are literally having a historic season. Like one of the best seasons of all time. Um, Do okay. not care. <laughs> I know, uh, you but, but maybe someday we'll love, talk hockey. Frenchie, get better. Fans, yeah, get well exactly. soon. Boston fans like like their hockey. Um, all right, let's move on, Tom. I need to ask you. We don't have to talk about the whole game, but Philly did beat Milwaukee on Saturday night in a vintage Harden game. Mm. Eastern Conference recency bias. We did this with, <laughs> during the NFL playoffs. Let's do it again. Uh, where do you stand with the Eastern Conference? You're holding strong to your Milwaukee pick? Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I'm digging my heels in. Um, I'm not until you, you got to put the stake in Milwaukee's heart for me. They have to be eliminated for me to finally say that they're not the they're not going to the finals. They are going to the finals. I'm going to continue to ride with the Celtics despite my concerns. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, hey, are you, Sean, I got to ask you, are you doing this because the recency bias didn't work out for you in the NFL? Or do you truly believe this after what you've seen <laughs> out of the Celtics? Because I have a lot of concerns. Sure am. Sure am what? <laughs> Just sure am? <laughs> sure, okay. sure am All right. both. We'll keep uh, it moving. No, I, I, I do think that, I do think that Boston, because we saw it last year, like they got there, right? I mean, I, I think eventually they will figure this out um, cause Middleton still, I don't know what he is. They just signed Goran Dragic the other day. I don't know if he's going to play at all. Holiday has been great. Lopez, like Lopez has had this stretch now where he's playing like as well as he's ever played in his career. Is that going to continue yep. into May and June? I like, hope so. I don't know. No, I agree. You want to talk Sixers for a brief minute? Yeah, I think we should get in there due. Sure. Um, I mean, here's the deal. I they when they're right, they're incredible. But do we give a shit about them in the playoffs? I mean, James Harden is their second best player. Yeah, but if you ask some Philly fans, they might say it's Maxi. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sure, but Doc doesn't feel saying. that way, and 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 Doc is not going to play who needs to be played in order to win these games. And I don't know if they have the talent behind the two behind the big three, if you want to call it that of their guys. I mean, I I've never been a big Tobias Harris fan. And then I don't know. It's just like PJ Tucker plays 10 minutes too many every single game. Yeah. Um, I, I just honestly, dude, is it crazy for me to say if the Knicks play them in the playoffs, I, I think the Knicks could beat them. I do think it's a little crazy because I still, I know Mitchell Robinson can, can in terms of size, go at Embiid. But Embiid, Embiid would still get his 35. Has, he owns the Knicks too. Um, the, the Sixers are slow, right? They struggle against teams that like to run and like to play really, really fast. The Knicks don't do that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I would, I would except definitely last not night. say that. Except last night, but 
you know, when Brunson is not a guy who wants to run, 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 he likes getting into half court and kind of playing bully ball, which let's be honest, Harden doesn't love doing. Um, and Maxie's not a good defender at all. Uh, I still don't know why they traded Dybul. Um, I guess they wanted the more scoring, but I, I honestly yeah. think that they're putting all their chips on the table for doc and doc just didn't, didn't play. Didn't like him. Here's the other thing that I just want to put out there. This noise, and I know Simmons and Rosillo talked about it today, and I, I was going to bring it up anyway if we talked Sixers. There has been way too much of this James Harden's going back to Houston noise for my liking with the fact that this is a legitimate contender in the East. It's like you win this great game, you snap the Bucks streak, Harden has 38, including just a – he went nuclear in the fourth – and all that's being talked about is him leaking this shit about wanting to go back to Houston. It's like, you just can't help yourself, can you, man? Like, any distraction is a bad distraction, especially it's, for a team and a player that has perpetually fallen short of expectations in the postseason. Well, and that's exactly why I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to give you, this is my personal answer. I know it's a story, and every story that comes up in the NBA has to be talked about by every single person that has a podcast on Earth. But I just don't fucking care. It's James Harden. I don't care. We're going to look back and be like, okay, cool. He was Carl Malone 2.0, but do we really fucking care? Am I going to be telling my grandkids about James Harden? No. So I, I, I don't care at all that he Listen, wants to go back no to one, Houston. There's no one outside of Rockets fans who should hate Harden more than me. But at the end of the day, we're reminded of what he can do based off what he did on Saturday night. We just know that that's not going to happen all the time. Would you be shocked? If and they it's are never going to happen seven? in the playoffs. No, but he'll have a game or two like it, like in game one or two against Milwaukee or Boston, he will have one of those games where he goes for like 36, 14 assists, nine rebounds, and hits two huge threes. Sure. And, and then rocking. And then the next day. And then in game six, <laughs> yep. when they're down three to two, he's going to have his jersey untucked with a towel over his head on the bench <laughs> in the fourth quarter. So, again, that's, I'm going to go back to my point. I don't care about James Harden. That's fine. I just think I don't either. You're talking strip I, clubs I in the South. Well, yeah, I care about James Harden's opinion. But who's whose opinion is more valid? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was gonna made. make I was gonna make a joke about a Memphis star, but I'm gonna leave that one alone. Yikes! Yikes is right. Um, but yeah, Sixers are Sixers are the third best team, and it's and it's far away. I still think the Celtics would smoke them, even with their problems. The Bucks, I think, when Middleton gets right. I, I think that leg is going to get better and better, and and Holiday's playing at an all time level in a seven game series. It's not even close. Cool deal. Time will tell. All right, let's move on to a couple of Western Conference stories and games. Last night we got, or yesterday afternoon, I should say, we got Phoenix with Kevin Durant and Dallas with Kyrie Irving. Suns win one thirty to one twenty six. KD hit the go ahead jumper with eleven seconds left, as he always does. It didn't seem like there was any real like conversations or embrace between Irving and, and Durant, which people love to talk about on Get Up. I don't give a shit about that. Tom, two and five Dallas is now with Kyrie and Luca, and it really looks like they're struggling to find an identity with those two guys as to when 
one is going to take over and the other's not. And it, we are just continually showed to their defense sucks. Yeah, this team doesn't have enough weapons outside of the two players, and they're playing your turn, my turn ball, and they don't have enough. Like, I do think Brown and Tatum will eventually figure it out because they have time together. These two have just been thrust into this, and they've been playing this way for years, um, and they're not going to figure it out by the end of the year. And again, the thing that looms all over everything else is the fact that they don't play a lick of defense and that actually matters in the playoffs. So this team's done. Stick a fork in them. I don't care anymore. I'm sorry. I just and, There's not a lot that I care about. No, and, and I don't remember if I mentioned this last week or not, but Luca really has taken on this role of like, you're a real baby. He complained <laughs> and it's so fucking demonstrative all the what time. What an insult. I'm like, dude, seriously. Would you say that to his baby. face? Would you call him a baby to his face? <laughs> I might. I might. Because he looks, he, he acts like it. He's just throwing yeah. temper tantrums left and right. And, you know, it, it, I listen, I love him, as you know. I mean, that is, he is the, he is one of the premier players outside of Kevin Durant. I can't think of a player I'd rather give the ball to to say, I need a basket right now. Even though he yep. missed that potential game tire last night, I don't really care about that. He constantly shows that he has a knack for the clutch, but he really is just getting to the point. If I were a referee, I would just be shut the fuck up every single time that you look in my direction with that pouty face, I'm peeing you up. Yeah, he's on the all-star team for fucking babies. We'll just call it the baby all-star team. Him, Grant Williams, LeBron, James Harden, James Harden um, Julius Randle can come off the bench on that team. There, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's some guys out there for sure. Um, but I mean, the overlying thing with the Maz and and looking ahead to the offseason, it's going to be really interesting because they're going to lose in the first round this year, and and Luca's not going to be celebrated the way he was over the last couple of years because the expectations were much higher than that. Yeah, especially when you give him a co-star like Kyrie. And especially when you're coming off a conference finals appearance. But you know what? That conference finals appearance wasn't just because of Luka. That was based off because in the second half of the season into the playoffs, they were the best defensive team in basketball. Yeah, and, and I'm getting a first-hand look at it every night with Finney Smith. He really is a great defensive player. He hasn't shot the ball particularly well for Brooklyn, but he's a dog defensively, and I, they definitely miss that. And the size of Dinwiddie, I don't think they miss anything offensively with him, but I think they miss him on defense at least, you know, it's at times. Um, but I got to tell you, man, flipping over to Phoenix, I don't know how this team ever loses. I mean, they didn't even play very well yesterday, and and Booker went off. Durant only had, I think, he had thirty four, thirty five. Booker had thirty eight. Like, I think, I perfect. think the the only team, the only team, and I I love the regular season Nuggets, but I just don't see them making it to the finals. I think the only team that can give them a run for their money is the Clippers. I know. So let's talk Clippers real fast. They beat the Grizzlies last night in their first win with Westbrook. They were zero and five. Westbrook. I don't love do this. We, <laughs> I don't care about Westbrook. He had like nine points, and I know I'm I'm I I, I can't dig my heels in with the Clippers because the Suns are so fucking good. I can't like the way I do did it with the the Bucks and the way I just coasted through the entire NFL regular season into the playoffs with the Chiefs like a true genius. I I can't sure. do it with the Clippers. I don't want to tarnish my record that way. And and it, it's looking like Phoenix. I know I buried the lead here, but it's not that hard to say. It's looking like Phoenix. 
Chris Paul is in the is in the perfect spot now where he really should have been the last couple of years in his career. He's the third guy. Uh, yeah, I love it. You know, he's he's the last player from my childhood. I don't know about yours you that I want to get a time. ring. You say it every time. We know. I won't we say know. it anymore. I won't say it anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't say it anymore. <laughs> I'm begging. You love him. And, and listen, I, I would like to see it too because he's that is the only reason he is not a top 10 point guard for me is because I think point guards are supposed to be, you know, orchestra. You have to win at least a title. Jalen Brunson is though, right? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, followed by Emmanuel quickly. Um, but no, I think that I think that Chris Paul is finally in the position where it's like he can have a night where he scores eight points, but has four, 15 assists and, you know, plays kind of that scrappy defense. And it doesn't matter because they they're winning by 25 points because Booker and Durant are unstoppable. Yep. Anybody else you want to talk about in the West? I guess we got to talk Warriors and then obviously Memphis after that. Yeah, um, Warriors lost again on the road, this time to a shorthanded Laker team. Anthony I mean, Golden Davis State. At Golden State, it's tough because it's like you look at it from other teams that are struggling and you just keep saying, you know, when they get right, when they get right. Well, you know, it's getting late early. I, I know Steph just came back last night, but they're – they're a flawed team. I don't know when Wiggins is coming back. I, I, I hope everything's okay with him um, and his personal life. He's been out a long time. Iguodala had to play last night, and that's not something that they want to have happen. No, he's basically a coach at this point. And outside of Steph and and Clay, who is what he is at this point, he's not going to be the every night guy on both sides of the ball as he was, just too many injuries. The rest of this team has just really regressed and we've said that throughout the season they don't look like the same team um and i think now you know last year was kind of a perfect storm for them because they had had a couple of rough years in a row obviously they have that terrible year post durant um curry gets hurt the next year and then obviously heading into last season i think they were just playing with you know, an us-against-the-world mentality. Nobody was picking them, but they also got lucky that Phoenix bottomed out in that second round. They were able to face Dallas, uh, which was so much easier of a task for them. And then they emptied the tank against Boston. I don't think they have that this year, particularly with how Phoenix is. And, and Denver, you could put in that category, too. Nah, there's two teams that are better than any team in the West last year, and that's obviously Phoenix and Denver. Um, you want to talk Grizzlies real quick? Yeah, why don't you lead off with that? I just don't even really know what to say. I don't really understand what a step away or a two-game suspension or whatever is going to do for the situation. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw the Instagram video. It, it, it looked like a gun. Um, and brandishing a gun on Instagram is just, that is, that is fucking idiotic. Truly idiotic. Uh, to go yeah. with all the things that have happened over the last month and pretty much just a complete, downturn since the <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying it but the Shannon Sharp incident um, it's it's just asinine behavior that's really all it is and I know you can say the kid's 23 or whatever and, and oh man when I was 23 but I could tell you that I wasn't brandishing a gun in a club at 23 I've never done that well that's good to know um yeah, and now he's being investigated by Colorado police uh, for that. Um, it's it, also, it really is a shame. Yeah, there was uh, there was just 
there was never talk of this type of behavior coming out of the draft or at Murray State. And it's not like he was there for six months. So he only had to behave himself for six months. He was there, what was he, a, a sophomore? So he was there for a good two years. Um, it's just, and none of this, it's not like he's also been in the league for, this is his rookie year. This is his, what, fourth year? Fourth year? And mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of blindsiding me because he was going to be the face of the league. He, gave, he got a shoe deal with Nike, which is very rare. And Nike's already struggling with another former athlete, your boy Kyrie Irving. Um, just <laughs> I should say your boy. Super duper, super duper blindsiding in my opinion because you never really, not that I know the guy personally, but publicly you never really saw any of this coming pre-basically December. No. Um, as a matter of fact, you saw the complete opposite. But now you're hearing these stories about him, you know, fighting a 17 year old from a pickup basketball game or shooting, you know, or like pointing a gun at him. Like you're hearing a lot of this shit and it's weird because, you know, he's super close to his father. His father's at a lot of the games. He seems like he's a great teammate. Uh, he's out there for the fans all the time. He wants to play all the time. He's not a load management guy. It, 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 you're right. Blindside is the perfect word. I hope that whatever happens, he just gets his shit right. Um, and I'm not saying that as somebody who's just like, oh, I hope he's okay, blah, blah. I sincerely mean it. He could be – He, I think he's already turning into the face of that next generation of great players. You know, the young players as we start to phase out some of the LeBrons and, and Durants of the world and you're into the Luka range and Jaws, a perfect post shot, particularly from that draft because Zion has not done shit really in his career. So Jaws is right there in the face of that 2019 draft. It's a shame. I sincerely hope that whatever's going on or whatever shit he's got or, or bravado or reputation that he's trying to take on, I think he has to look himself in the mirror and be like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be Allen Iverson or Gilbert Arenas, who was a great player but always in trouble and seemed to you know, take, put on this persona of kind of this gangster type? Or do you want to be one of the faces of the franchise and, and – or franchise of the league rather, and just putting on obviously this, I'm going to be a representative and a statesman for the league. It's, it's tough because you can't do both. We, we know what the NBA is. You can't do both. You can have a guy like Durant who shit talks more than anybody. You can have a guy like Kyrie who through all his transgressions and issues still gets max contracts. You can't be a guy at this, in this time in, in the world and in the the sports world where you're, you know, flaunting a gun on Instagram live and think that that's just going to be wiped under the table. Cause it's not. No, don't really know what was going through, uh, his head there. Uh, talk about KD and Kyrie needing new PR guys. This guy just needs a whole new, whole new circle. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not going to pretend to know what that circle is. I just want him to be in the point where he's like, listen, I'm going to do me. I'm not going to, I'm just going to put myself in the position again where I'm the darling of the NBA. And I need to just look myself in the mirror and say, shit, I'm just being an immature little prick and let's not do this shit anymore. And and let's get serious because now his team is really struggling. This Grizzlies story that went from really fun and they're kind of the new kids on the block and the villains 
nobody likes Dylan Brooks. Brandon Clark just tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. Like you said, ever since the Shannon Sharp thing, they've been sputtering. I mean, Steven Adams is a nice player. He shouldn't matter this much. Yeah, I Shannon Sharp, man, a fucking former NFL Hall of Famer TV host, just put him on tilt, huh? Seriously. It's like they have not been the same since no. then. No, not at all. They they are I mean, we're not even talking about them as contenders. We are not talking about them as contenders even even remotely. And I think if you are, you're vastly underrating, like you said, the top two teams in that conference. They don't yep. have the feel of a team that's going to go on a run anyway either. We kind of know no. that. I know that from last year where everything that could go wrong did go wrong for the Nets. It's like we're not going to talk about this team seriously about going to the finals, are we? Because they don't have that feel. Agreed completely. Um, hopefully this two-day high – hopefully he fig- he reevaluates and figures out his whole life and personality in these two days. So stupid. It'd be great, man. Just – Hey, it's a it's a big mistake, but publicly apologize, move on, cooperate with authorities during this investigation, get back on the court and and be what everybody's known you to be. Which I just think just I just think it's so guy. funny. I just think it's so funny that the, the uh, oh the two game suspension or whatever it is is just going to fix everything. No, I think that was more just like a. It's a formality. You have to do it, but. Yeah, and I think, and he said all the right things. Whether he had somebody write the statement for him or not, or he did it himself, I don't know, and I don't personally care. It was a great statement, and you know, he talked about self-reflection and reevaluation, and not making basketball his top priority, making sure that he's doing all the things he needs to do to be the kind of person he knows that he wants to be. So, kudos to him for that. I have no reason for any other issues to say this is just this is not Kyrie Irving who who makes a nice public stance. You're like, okay, well, time's ticking on your next one. Um, (laughs) Jaws never done this before. So I hope that this is a one off and we completely forget about it sooner rather than later. Yes, sir. All right. You ready to talk some PGA? I know you are. Let's do it. We've buried the lead here. Our, Our favorite sport, golf. Um Kurt Kitayama holds on to win the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill. Holds off guys of the likes of Rory McIlroy, your boy Patrick Cantlay, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, um, and Terrell Hatton, who had won there before. Um, stumbled, played amazing for the first three rounds, and then I'd say eight, nine, whatever, whenever, before he really fucked up a couple times there in the second half of his round. Just played perfect golf. Um, and I, I, I'm I, really happy he won it because hitting that ball OB and then hitting the lip of the bunker and that triple bogey that I texted you, I texted you when it was out of bounds that he was going to, before he even hit that shot into the bunker, that he was going to triple. Um, I'm glad that didn't affect it. Um, just amazing job under pressure, nails putting. Uh, great week for him. And I'm glad to see him finally get his first W. Didn't really know anything about him heading into this tournament. Uh, I was very unaware of a couple of his attempts at winning a tournament coming up just short uh, last year. But I got to tell you, man, he had real stones. Because for any young player who was trying to fend off guys like Rory, and guys like Scheffler, guys like Spieth, and for him to just get completely 
more mentally tough through the adversity, I thought was just real, really outstanding. He had, he had two triples, and it didn't seem to phase him after each one one bit. Very different kind of swing, too, huh? I never, I never seen a guy with that kind of swing look straight down. But he, he drives the hell out of it. He's a, he's a really good player. Yeah, violent swing, but he's a ball striker and a half. Um, very good player. I didn't know much about him either. I, I obviously know the name, but um, didn't know much about his game. But he can really hit the ball. Um, so, should we talk about our, uh, our little game that we're gonna play? Well, before we do that, what were your thoughts on Rory? I thought if he was able to make that putt, I think they go to a playoff and 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 he wins it. Uh, Rory, Rory's knocking at the door, and it's just a few little mistakes that he's making um, in the short game that are really costing him. And I think he's going to clean that up, and and he's poised to rip off a couple of wins here. Did we get a diagnosis with Spieth's back? Because it looked like he was really fighting something with his back there. I don't know if it was just spasms. Or I don't what, know. He wasn't the same I did player. See I that. texted you and I said, he's drilling putts. And then towards the end of the back nine, like 16, 17, 18, he was just not putting. Yeah, no. And, and, and it wasn't even really the putting. It was just you saw it and the broadcaster said it. when you When you hurt your back like that, you just tend to come and hook the ball. And he did that a lot. Um, and the drives just weren't set up there for for second shots and what he needed. Um, oh, this is 2018. It said he suffered a bone chip. I'm not seeing much of anything, honestly. Okay. Um, I'm trying to get you something here. It might have just tightened up on him. That happens. I mean, listen, 72 holes of golf in four days is going to do that to you. Yeah, I don't have anything um, recently – I'm reading arthroscopic yeah, shit. This is a little too. This all the all these injuries have to be old because we would know if he had to get arthroscopic surgery. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I can't give you anything. No, I think it was probably just tightness. I I think that's probably just what it was. And you know, it was hot. It was 90 degrees down there. Maybe a little dehydration. I'm just speculating, thinking of low mm. back, and it just he didn't have the same momentum there, and obviously it affected him. But I thought he played a really really good tournament. He did, and and you started to see the flashes of just the the short game and the putting, and he's, I think he's going to win this year too. Hope so. He's 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 one of the most rootable guys on the tour. All right, you ready to talk about our game? Let's do it. All right, so similar Break to our down. kind of kind of similar to our NFL game where. It's every weekend, kind of like a golf tournament, and we pick four teams, just like we pick four guys. We're going to keep track of it. Um, I took it upon myself to develop the game. Pretty ingenious. Um, so it's going to be based off of a point system because you can't really do wins and losses like you do against the spread. Um, so the average place in the tournament is going to gain you a point if you win that. If any of your foursome picks, uh, if any of your four picks wins the tournament, that's going to get you a point. And just like we did last week where you designated Fleetwood, I thought it was Cantlay, but you said it was Fleetwood. Either way, they both lost, so whatever. Um, I know for a fact I designated Fowler. If that person that we say this person is going to win the tournament, you get an automatic three points for that. So, Arnold Palmer Invitational, we are through week one here. Your average scoring 
was, or average place, was 37. My average place was 24. Neither of us picked a winner, and neither of us picked our designated winner. So that means I am up on the season for you so far, one nothing. It's a great idea by you. You you have found a way to come up with some very bright ideas. The CEO of this highly, highly developing golf podcast strikes again. <laughs> I like how you say I found a way. Like I fought through some some adversity, as if I'm too stupid. And you're so no, proud of me. No, it's smart. <laughs> it's a great idea. Don't take things the wrong way. I'm only teasing. All right, you ready? Ready to preview the Players Championship? Which, honestly, in my opinion, is the closest thing to a major that isn't. Uh, all the big boys are going to be there, and they're playing for the biggest purse. Where is this tournament in Florida? Uh, I know it's at TPC Sawgrass. I don't know the location. I could get that for you if you'd like. You thinking about going? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it's on. It's in Ponda Verde. Ponda Verde. Okay. Ponda Verde Beach. Uh, you want the address or look at hotels <laughs> near or no? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll just I'll I'll fly into the closest airport. Okay, I could give you their phone number too. All the information you need, I got it right here. It's just one Google search away. Listen, I just wanted to know the course for the people. <laughs> All right. Let's pick our foursome for this tournament. Sean, Yes. since I kind of sprung this game upon you, I will give you the tee box first. I appreciate that. Very kind of you. Very gentlemanly. And by uh, the way, we may be doubling up on names here, which I think is fine. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's there's two teams in football that we have, and sometimes we go with the same one with that too. So, um, all right. So to start, I've got Scotty Scheffler. I just love the you way bitch. he's playing. I don't I don't know if he reclaimed number one, um, but I feel just great about him every time he hits the golf ball. Uh, I'm gonna take Matsuyama at set number two. I'm gonna take. Um, Jason Day, I took him as one of my foursomes last week. Wow. Um, he played pretty well again. So I will take him. And then last but not least, I've got to do it. He is knocking on the door, and he's playing great, and he looks really, really good. Give me Rory. That's my foursome. Okay. Uh, John Rahm is still – I just looked up the OWGR. Um, which is the obviously the official gol- world golf rankings. He is still holding on to um, number one overall. Scotty Scheffler is number two. Roy is number three. Cantlay is four. Somehow, Cameron Smith is still number five. <laughs> By the way, they did an interview with him, and he lives very close to there, and he was like, oh, because he won this last year. He's like, of course I'll be watching. I may even go and just hang out in the crowd. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I can't hate Cameron Smith, even though he left. Um, okay, before I go on with my foursome, would you like to dedicate a winner? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm more telling than asking. <laughs> yes, I will. I'm gonna take Rory McIlroy. We Day. know. Oh shit! Let me underline that. I'm writing everything down, just like I am NFL. Okay, my turn. Your turn. I'm going to take Rory McIlroy right off the board first, and I'm designating him as my winner. All right. That is my first pick. Second pick is John Rahm. 
<laughs> You're building a dream team. Smart. My third pick is Max Homa. Rom and Homa. My third pick is Max Homa. And my fourth pick is... Hmm, a lot of players here. A lot of players left. But I, I want to beat you now. Justin Thomas. Okay. I was thinking about Justin Thomas. You got any sleeper picks way outside? I mean, Matsuyama was kind of a pull. Yeah. Um, I just feel like, I mean, I kind of playing ignorance is bliss sometimes with this. Like, I wish I could with March Madness brackets. I would probably be, do better. But I just feel like there's those weekends where I don't hear about Matsuyama. I don't feel like anybody's really taking him to do anything. And I look up at a leaderboard on Saturday, and he's, like, right in the thick of things. So yep. I just have this weird feeling that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with late into this tournament. And I, I don't know. He's he's a player I always keep my eye on. I guess I'll say it that way. All right. Any other sleepers? Um, I'm trying to make sure he's playing it before I go ahead and take him. Because that would be embarrassing if he's not even playing it. Um, I think I win the week just for that. If you do that, yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and avoid doing that. Uh, they put it in ABC order. They make my life a little easier here. Um, yeah, I'm going Sahith, Sahith Tagala, okay. who, by the way, um, I know I announced Tom Kim as my fourth and my foursome. Um, I I don't know if you finished full swing yet. Still waiting. Still have to do seven and eight. I'm taking I'm 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 pushing Tom Kim to the side as much as I love him and he will be a guy like Zach Blair that I will always root for and he'll be kinda on the outskirts looking in, but I've officially added Sahith to my foursome. He is in my foursome with Max, Rom, and obviously Tony Finau. But not for this tournament. Finau No 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 no. This is just my lifetime foursome. You know how I have a foursome. But but no, I just wanted to make that announcement on the pod. Um, there'll be a, uh, a press release and a press conference to follow with my, uh, explaining Smart. my decision. I, I can't wait for the very well thought out, you know, decision here. Yeah. I, I hate to do it to Tom Kim. I'm really looking forward to see what he does in the future. I mean, he's still in his very early twenties. Um, he can win you back. No, it's not even that he lost me. It's just, you know, I just, Sahith just feels like a guy that's really going to, I mean, Tom Kim's 20, Jesus Christ. Sahith's just going to nestle in there. And after you watch the the, the second to last episode, you'll understand why. Well, I certainly did when I watched the Finau episode. You sold me on that one for sure, as we talked about on the pod. Um Honestly, man, I thought this past tournament at the Arnold Palmer was a really, really fun I will tell you this, and I am not somebody who bandwagons shitting on broadcasts for things I don't really understand. I think I'm very well equipped to blame and shit on Apple TV's MLB broadcast because I've watched a for thousand sure. and you know five hundred thousand Yankee games in my life and baseball games. I don't feel great about golf because. Yeah, I'll have it on, but I'm not paying attention to the graphics. I've never really cared. I just just show me the tournament. That was brutal this weekend. I mean, when they had the the woman from MasterCard, as things were just absolutely heating up, and we had that four way tie. That was I was a tough like, scene. This is this is what we're doing. Are you serious? I mean, right between now? that, between that, and then they put the playing through. You know what I'm talking about. 
mm-hmm. where they they have the the ad and then in the very corner they still have the tournament on in some of the most important moments it's it's truly reprehensible and i just think honestly maybe i i don't know what the sponsors would have to say about this but let's front load our commercials just a little bit more to to thursday and friday i know they're not as prime time as saturday and sunday but maybe we could get away with it a little bit more i just once again am looking at things through a different lens I'm looking at somebody like myself who we are, we talk a lot of golf on this pod. You've gotten me totally entrenched in golf and golf has always been on, you know, because of my dad for a long time. So I'm always used to it being on the TV, but paying attention to it like really strongly and it just being on are two different things. And we talk about baseball growing the game. Let's have let's have a little bit better broadcast. Let's have people on the broadcast who actually know what the hell they're talking about instead of oh we've got Yankees Royals tonight and we have no idea that CC Sabathia is no longer on the Yankees even though he's been retired for four years. Like you can't do that if you're trying to grow the game. You can't have what happened yesterday. If I was not invested in that tournament and I was not going to be talking about it today. I would have switched off to anything else. It was it was awful. Yeah, I hear you. That's, I mean, listen, I get it that Mastercard's shelling out a shit ton of money so that they they kind of earn that right. Let's have her on on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, and again, there's so many other. You you brought it up. Front load the commercials. Do anything else. Mastercard. I, at least I felt while watching it. I don't know if you agree. I felt like it was a very focal point of the entire broadcast. I was subliminally being like, all right, MasterCard, MasterCard, let's I go. I need a MasterCard. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, that's just something you got to deal with. I mean, as you know, not just in golf, I'm in, in sports watching in general, I am a very big watch the game on mute guy. Um, yeah, me too. Although I do have to give credit, I do I enjoy the JJ Redick and our and Richard Jefferson team, and I will I will listen to them. Well, they're very very good. I think that they kind of, you know, you've got Van Gundy and Jackson, who I feel like just like to complain about a lot of different things. You don't really have that with Jefferson and Redick, and they look at the game because you know they're recently retired. And Ruko, who was doing the game with him, I think is just a really good play-by-play guy. Like you, you feel like the moment's big when he does. Well, the game. you and I are—I uh, love Ruko. We're biased, of course. Yeah, but you know what? There's guys that I'll hear on national games that I'm like, eh, whatever. But I think he—I uh, think he's just good because he does the NBA, he does the WNBA, he does the Nets, he does the Yankees when K doesn't do them. But I think I could be honest. I just think he's really. I just think he's really good. I think a big thing for me when it comes to not really the not really the broadcaster, but like the color guys and the players, you either have to be all in, kind of like Collinsworth is, where he's like, you can tell that guy really does his research, or you have to have played within like the last five years. Yes, yes, because we talked about it with the Amazon Prime Thursday night game. I felt like, I felt like. Al Michaels didn't want to be there. And I felt like Kirk Herbstreet never really watched any NFL games. So I'm like, I'm exactly this is going on mute. This, this has, I don't care about any of your opinions. And you're just seeing that with a lot of announcers where it's like the game, you're not putting the effort in and the game has passed you by. You can't just talk like you, the last game you played was 10 years ago. You can't just talk about it as if you played last, last Sunday or, or whatever sport it is. Like you really, you need to either do your research or, I think broadcast 
companies should just be like, five years, you're out. You can go into the studio and, and you know, dwindle away there until we just eventually don't renew your contract. But there's got to be a five-year rule because, like, look at Greg Olson. Just comes off the field into the booth, and he's just – nobody expected it, and he was amazing. He was amazing, but Burkhart also is really, really good. Um, he oh, for sure. And I, I – yet, but he's great. I think a good broadcaster – is obviously essential, but I also, I just think from a, from a, from a, not a play-by-play guy, but a color guy or an analyst guy, like coming straight off the field and actually knowing the players and knowing how the game is played is so important. Well, that's why I think I don't, I didn't begrudge ESPN. I don't mean to go on a tangent about this, but I think it's important. I was like Monday night football for a long time felt like it was just a game. Like, yeah, I'm going to obviously watch it, but I don't really care. It doesn't feel big. But I totally understand why ESPN went and got Buck and Aikman. Because when, when I hear Aikman review a play well, or Aikman do a keeps play, up with the times. It, but that's the thing. He, he is so invested, and he doesn't mind giving his honest opinion. He's not one of – even though Collinsworth is great, Collinsworth is – you know, you would think everybody in the world was great. That's why I hated Gruden. Gruden was like, I would have all these players on my team. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. I mean, Aikman is happy to give his honest opinion, and Buck obviously has been doing the biggest NFL games and biggest baseball games forever. So it's like – that just feels like a moment. I don't care if it's Jaguars Titans in November. That's a must. That's appointment listening because I'm getting two of the best. Yeah, no doubt. And it is it's going to be a shame not to hear Aikman or uh, Buck on the World Series calls anymore. Michaela hates him. Um but I also people. he's great. Well, Michaela hates him because Michaela's a big Yankees fan, but she's obviously <laughs> not as big of a sports fan in general, like we are. So she just says what every fan base says that only focuses on the Yankees, where she's like, Buck talks shit about the Yankees. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. But I can understand her looking through the lens of just the Yankees fan feeling that way. Well, that's how he's always been talked about. And that's why he's so good, because both fan bases who listen to him think that he hates their team, Yeah, which is awesome but yeah just i I, and i know this was nbc i I like cbs because i think nance is the perfect golf guy but that was brutal and they got to do better because if i'm trying if i wasn't invested in this that would have been right off the tv yeah and i mean i'm more of a golf sicko but kind of how i watch my tournaments the first two days at least and sometimes the third day as well i'm watching the espn feature groups and i'm just i'm basically walking 18 holes with whoever i pick whether it be spieth or homer or whatever and i'm keeping track of the leaderboard but i'm watching those guys finish their 18 holes and then usually on sunday i flip over to the main broadcast so you can see everything you need that's pretty cool yeah i've I've never done that do it try it i'm sure you have espn plus i sure do I would. I never even thought to do it, honestly. Yeah, it's it's so much better. Throw throw it on mute, and you're basically just playing 18 holes with those guys. It's amazing. That's pretty sick. Um, the PGA changed a couple of rules, but we are not going to do that today. We're going to touch upon that at a later date. Yeah, it's um, more. It's more. Um, it, it that's that's worth with our new format and whatnot, and us coming at you guys more often. That's worth a full kind of like we did last week with the rules pod podcast. And it's it's not really rules of the game; it's more scheduling and, and things like that. And I I think it's going to make for a much better tour. And I'm I have to say, you know, we're live boys. 
you know, with our with our <laughs> recaps and whatnot. But I, I am grateful for Liv because I don't know if the PGA Tour would have ever gotten there, and they got the kick in the ass that they needed. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that probably coming up pretty soon because um, that obviously made headlines last week, and we didn't want to ignore it or pretend that we didn't hear about it. But uh, because of how long we're going today with all the other sports on a rundown, uh, we didn't. Don't worry, everybody. You'll be getting that pod, and it'll be dedicated to that. And you guys can wait because it doesn't matter until 2024, anyways. Exactly. We're not going to be rushed, and you shouldn't feel rushed either. Unlike the baseball ones, where I'm glad we did it when we did. Uh, For sure. Okay. So here we go. Uh, last but not least, we are, Tom, amazingly enough, into conference tournament week in college basketball. We are six days away from the release of the brackets, and it's. It, I am so excited. I love this time of year. I don't care uh, who's good, who's not good. It's just a great sporting event, and the champ week is great. So I figured what we'll do is we'll just give a prediction of a winner for each of the major uh, conference tournaments. And then next week, we're going to be pretty heavy college basketball. Yep. No, we are. Uh, It's exciting times. I've gotten even more into college basketball with my gambling this year. It kind of made it difficult for me to keep track of the great teams because I was more looking for uh, Vegas's fuck ups with the mid majors and lower tier. Like this year, I'm a big College of Charleston fan, and I am a big Colgate fan, but I know that doesn't matter for the podcast. <laughs> well, not today's. Um, but hey, if any of those pull an upset or when we reveal our brackets, yep. maybe they will matter. Um, but let's start in the AAC. Houston won on a buzzer beater the other day. They obviously won the regular season outright. They're the number one team in the country. Do you see any potential upset? Mis- or uh, Memphis, rather, pushed them to the brink ye- uh, yesterday. Yeah, no, and that was a game I made a point to watch. I really kept an eye on that one. I told all my boys to keep an eye on that one for gambling's sake. Um, no, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna roll through this tournament. Um, but it does make it interesting when you get further on into the tournament. Yeah, I think that they need some of those games where they have to pull it out late. Remember, they lost to Temple uh, in Houston back in January. I'm not going to predict that they lose. I'll predict that they win. But I will say that I have my eyes on Temple and Memphis as possible upsets. Yeah, I agree. Okay. ACC, Miami somehow won the regular season outright by percentage points. Um, Right now, I I have a hard time thinking that there's a team that's better than Virginia just to win the ACC. But I don't honestly know. Tom, I think I'm going to take the Hurricanes to win this ACC tournament. I'm sticking with Virginia. Okay. I, I don't like Virginia in the tournament, but I do like them in the ACC tournament. Their defense is just too suffocating, and I think I don't think there's any team that could beat them in the in their conference tournament. I did watch Duke Carolina the other night. Um, do you see a world in which either of those teams can get to the get to the championship round of this tournament? No. I mean, I know Duke had some, had two big-time recruits at the beginning of the year, but they don't do anything for me this year. Yeah, and North Carolina. I mean, they just – I really like Caleb Love. I like Leaky Black, but they're not very – they're just not super good this year. Um, no. Big Ten. Anything else on the ACC there before we move on? No, not at all. Okay, in the Big Ten, Purdue won the regular season outright. We know that, but Indiana gave them fits the entire time. They won both regular season games against them. They seem to be their kryptonite. I'm going to take the Indiana Hoosiers to win this tournament. Yeah, I agree with you. I started Michigan State for a while, but I just couldn't get over the hump with them. I think Indiana is going to win. I, I think 
I don't know how to say this. I, I don't want to say on paper or whatever. I just think Indiana is a better team than Purdue. Yeah, in a one game, you, in a one game winner take all, it's not the regular season game. We talked matchups, obviously, with the Knicks and Celtics. I really think that the the Hoosiers are a bad matchup for for Indiana, for Purdue. Yeah, I mean Purdue has that classic big man that just it's a guard it's a guard sport. Yep, it is. Edie's a monster, but they seem to they seem to know what they. They know what to do to kind of counteract him. In the Big 12, Kansas was the regular season winner. I watched them get absolutely blown out by Texas the other day. I'm going to take the Longhorns to win this conference tournament. I like the way they're playing lately. I like the way they're playing as well, but no thanks. I'll take Kansas. Okay. Yeah, I I tried to go a little off the off the grid there, but Kansas, they do have some moments where I'm, I wonder how they're scoring points. Although there is like, there is four teams, maybe three and a half that you could see winning this conference, right? Like Kansas, you pick Texas, Baylor, and then maybe even K state. I was going to even say you could put TCU in that category as well. I mean, TCU, if TCU, and I watched a couple of their games this year, their thing is if you, if you succumb to playing their brand of basketball, they will beat you. Yep. Yeah, and you mentioned Kansas State. I mean, they've been good all year. Um, Baylor obviously has some signature wins. This conference is loaded. We've talked about it. Uh, the Big East, Marquette won the regular season. So are you doing it, time? You're sticking with Xavier? I'm going with uh, St. John's. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, they shouldn't even be allowed to play in the tournament. Um, but, yeah. Listen, if Georgetown's allowed, you are. Yeah, no, that's true. Georgetown has – is Ewing still the coach there or did he get fired? I got to check. Oh, he's there. Uh, I don't see how they can fire him because of – Yeah, you said the same thing about Mullen, though. Well, didn't Mullen leave? Did they fire him or did Mullen leave on his own volition? I don't really remember. Mullen, honestly, he probably left. Um, I, I see the same future for Ewing because, I mean, talk about – uh, Chris Mullen is a legend at St. John's, but not even close to what – Ewing is to Georgetown. I mean, the guy won them a national title, and he won an Olympic gold medal while he was there. Yeah, he's he is Georgetown. Yeah, no, it's not no doubt John about Thompson, it. Thompson is Patrick Ewing. Yep. Um, no, I'm gonna stick with Xavier. I think that they can beat Marquette, and you know, I gotta say, Sean, the only team that really was sticking in the back of my head was your UConn Huskies. I could see them running the table in this tournament. They have the talent to do it. They have the size to do it. And they have the guards to do it. But I think Xavier is going to take it. UConn went into Philly Saturday night and beat down Villanova, who'd been playing really, really well. Providence was a team I was thinking about, but they got blown out. Um, I gotta say, UConn may have. UConn may have booted Villanova out of the tournament. It's entirely possible. I, listen, I would love to be a homer here and pick UConn, but I, as as hot as they are right now and as well as they're playing, they do scare me sometimes with the fact that they don't go to the free throw line, and sometimes if their shots aren't falling, they don't score points because, like I said, they don't have a lot of other ways to do it. Yep. I'm going to take Marquette. I, I think they've okay. just been the best team in this conference all year long, and I think it'll stay that way. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that worries me about UConn is they could go like four straight minutes without scoring a point. Absolutely. All right, what do we have now? Pac-12? We got the Pac-12. UCLA was the regular season winner. 
Yeah, I don't see anything stopping UCLA. You know, I've been all over them for most since we started talking college basketball. I mean, Arizona's a good team, but UCLA is the class. UCLA is the class, but I think for a long weekend, Arizona, I, I like their chances this weekend. I think I'm going to take the. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Wildcats. Okay, final team, the SEC. Um. Since when has Memphis, by the way, been in the AAC? Weren't they in the SEC for the longest time? No, they've been in the AAC a long time. Ever, no way. Yeah, Memphis has not been in the SEC. They were in oh. the old conference. They were in the old conference USA. You know why I'm getting crossed up? I'm getting crossed up because Calipari was their coach, and I was like, oh, he he's been winning the SEC forever, but he's also the coach of Kentucky, who's actually in the SEC, and they also have the same colors, so. You could see my confusion there, right? Yes, that one I can. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as there's no incidents with this Alabama team or no further incidents, and I don't even really know what the hell is going on there, so if you want to give me a better explanation to what everybody else seems to be dancing around, it, if you want to give me whatever facts you know, that's fine. If there's no other incidents, Alabama's running away with this. No, Brandon Miller's still playing. Um He's still playing, and he just won SEC uh, Freshman of the Year. Actually, he won SEC Player of the Year. Uh, so what the hell? What the hell has happened with Alabama basketball? Can you can you break this down real quick, or what? There was a double murder, um, and Not Darius good. Miles, who was a player on Alabama, was released from the team. He was kicked off the team. Uh, He's a walk on, right? Con- yeah, for having connection with the gun that he brought to the person that followed out the murders. Um, and there seemed to be a connection with Brandon Miller having facilitated something in that, you know, with the, with the gun or that he was in part of a text message chain. Um, but there hasn't been anything to directly connect him with anything. And he's been playing through this, whether he should or not, I'll let other people decide morally. That's quite that an unfortunate okay group chat to be in if he had nothing to do with it. It's not one I like to be a part of. Um, no. So he's been a lot of play, and he's been great. I, I don't love Nate Oates, the head coach. Uh, he has not done any favors in terms of saying, listen, you know, the kid made a mistake. He said, we've all made mistakes. Uh, that seems to be a little uh, a little inconsiderate uh, based on the fact that two people <laughs> lost their lives. Okay, Greg um, Norman. Seriously, but, you know, it's the SEC. It's 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 the University of Alabama. Sports matter the most. But Brandon Miller is still playing, and he's played really, really well. Um, so that's what's been going on there. They won the regular season. Again, I think from top to bottom, they're the best team. I don't see anybody getting in their way. But, you know, Tennessee is a team to me that if you told me they won it, I wouldn't be shocked, even though you know how I feel about them. That comes more – uh, come NCAA tournament time, where I where I doubt their ability to to go deep. But in terms of the SEC and just playing teams they played all year, I'll take Alabama, but I'll look for Tennessee. Okay, yeah. The only reason why I think Alabama is going to run away with it is because y- the adversity has pretty much already happened. And and when this first came out, the kid had forty one following it, so clearly yep. it's not affecting him. So I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I am too, and and there doesn't seem to be anything that's pointing in the direction of him being, you know, asked to leave or not be eligible to play. So as long as the coach's decision is that he's playing, he's playing. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. 
Well, what a time to be alive. We're already in March Madness. Very exciting. This is such a great week. I, I love the conference tournaments. We've already got a lot of the small conference tournaments going on. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Selection Sunday, Sunday night after the Big Ten Championship. It's it's here, man. We made it. We made it. We fought through a tough winter. Um, actually, it really wasn't a bad winter. We only had one snow this year. But golf season's right around the corner for me, and we're in the thick of it in the PGA season. Very exciting. You got anything else going on? I'm sure you're not watching any shows, so I'm not even going to bother asking. Yeah, that's smart by you. I'm absolutely not. Um, no, I was out a decent amount this weekend, um, particularly Saturday, because it was the first weekend of South by Southwest down here. So it's been pretty busy. Um, and other than that, I don't have anything planned. It's just pretty much like weather's been great. And when I feel like going out, there's a lot to do around this time of year here. Uh, there's a race coming up uh, at Coda, the racetrack. So it's like there's just so many people in from out of state or out of town, rather, uh, where Austin is. It's hopping right now, man. Wow, very and we got cool. the golf tournament. We got the golf tournament coming up, too, at, Del- uh, at Austin Country yes. Club, too. That's coming up in within the next month, right? It's before yeah. Augusta. Yep. So that that's exciting. I'd love to hear that you went to one day of that tournament. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe I maybe I make a decision. What about you? What do you got going on? Not much, man. Just uh, trying to stay afloat over here. Um, you know, I might be going to Vermont this weekend. We'll see um, how I feel. What'd you say? Skiing. No, I don't ski. No, Michaela is a Michaela is an alumnus of UVM, and some of her best friends still live in Burlington and work there. So she wanted to go pay them a visit, um, and I might I might tag along for the ride. I haven't I haven't decided. I don't even know if Michaela's decided to go or not. So we'll see. I thought you were going to say she hasn't made the decision of whether she's inviting you or not. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Somebody needs to keep Soy company. Very true. Very true. Speaking of which, I got to let him out soon. I locked him in the room so he doesn't have to. Some of his sports tastes are worse than Will's, so I just wanted to leave him. I, I said, get away. You're not coming on this podcast. Oh, man. Well, speaking of Will, I think we, he's going to be coming up soon, right? We got a guest appearance with him? Uh, yeah, I got to confirm that. Um, he called me last week. Sorry, didn't call him back, but I would, I, I'm going to reach out to him and see what day's good for him, and then, and then we'll figure it out. We'll have a little... Uh, I'm going to call it a pulse a sports pulse check with Will Smith and see if he can give us uh, some buy or sell hot takes. Uh, nothing manufactured, audience, just from the dome, you know? I think the audience is in need for some Will Smith content. Yep, and then hopefully we get Frenchie on soon. Frenchie, uh, feel better, and, and we'll be talking. 100%. All right, everybody. Take care, and we'll be back later this week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.